Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. So on Sunday, we talked about the triumphal entry of Jesus. And if you've been to Israel, Israel is amazing. Um, if you're in the Mount of Olives, it's a, it's a very steep decline going into the city of Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem is surrounded, but going into where the temple was. And basically, what was happening, if you recall, I want you to feel the weight of it. We talked about the crowd. You guys remember the crowd? And they were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed he who comes in the name of the Lord. Not only that, it was Palm Sunday because they were waving palms and they were taking their clothes and they were laying it and they put the clothes on, on the donkey. And you guys, we saw all of that and, and they were excited. This was our king fulfilling Zechariah 9 9, right? And it was, here's our king. This is it. He's going to take over the world. And you can imagine. And I wonder at times for you and I, do we have that same excitement? Number one, at the fact that we're going to be going home soon. Okay? We're on the Mount of Olives, spiritually speaking, and we're ready to go home. We're going to go to heaven. This is going to be amazing, but are we excited about it? And I'll tell you why. Because oftentimes as, as we approach these last days and how our attitudes are, sometimes we are what we call Christian Eeyores. You know, you know who Eeyore is? He's the donkey who's always uh, bummed out about everything. And, 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 and that's how we are at times, church. We're like, oh, you know, life is hard. It's going to be bad. Or are we excited about heaven? Are we excited? That this is actually, that the word of God is actually, actually true in what he said. And so, so Jesus rides in on a donkey. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And, and, and you can feel the electricity of the crowd. You can know that this is their Meshach. It's called the Messiah, the anointed one. And he comes in. But what I find interesting, guys, is if we read the text, Jesus is weeping while they're praising. Why was he weeping? Do you realize that he was weeping because he knew that Jerusalem was going to be destroyed here in just a little while? And he knew that the people were not paying attention. They were not, they were not understanding. And I think it's very much the same in our day. There's a lot of people whom we love. They are not understanding what's going on, the signs of the times. They're not getting it. And they call us weird and strange. And, and you Christians need to settle down because here's what's going on and so forth. But, but what we really understand is we go, oh, 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 Jesus, he's coming. Oh, oh, oh. And this is what was happening on Sunday. Jesus is weeping and he says, he says to, he says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how many times I'd long to gather you under my wings like, 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 like a, like a dad would. And he said, but you guys weren't willing. You weren't willing. We know in 70 AD, Titus Aspasian came in and he just demolished and destroyed and leveled all of Israel, all of Jerusalem. And the gold from the temple, it was so hot that it burned and it just got in between the rocks. And what happened is that the greedy people, once it started to cool down, they were starting to move every rock, unturn every rock looking for gold. That's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus said. 
And so that's what's happening on Sunday. That's what happened Sunday. So Monday morning comes in. Take a look with me, Luke chapter 19, verse 45. It says, Then he went to the temple, and he began to drive out all those who sold in it, saying to them, It is written, My house is a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. And he was teaching daily in the temple, notice, but the chief priests and scribes and the leaders of the people sought to destroy him. And they were unable to do anything, for all the people were very attentive to him. So on Monday, guess what Jesus is doing? Passover's coming. He's teaching at the temple. Well, first he goes in, and what does he do, church? He cleanses the temple, right? He cleanses the temple. Now, let's let's unpack this, okay? Jesus comes in to teach, and he finds that the people have made the very house of God a den of thieves, He's made it a den of thieves. And, and what they were doing, guys, is, is think about it. Think about it. Number one, you have money changers, and then you have uh, sellers of animals. And my Jesus walked in, and he saw it, and he was indignant, and he, uh, he just threw Now, this is the second time he's cleansed the temple. Okay? And he's turning over. He's letting doves go. And you could imagine what they thought. This guy is nuts. He's crazy. You know, I don't know if there was temple police at the time, but that's what they would have called him. Get him out of here. This is crazy. But he says this. He says, guys, listen, this is supposed to be a house of prayer. And you guys have, and you go, well, how did they do that? Well, every Jew, guys, had to pay a temple tax, okay? Every year, a half a shekel. Every Jew had to pay a temple tax. And it was equal to six pence. In evaluating it, it must be remembered that it was equal to two days' pay for a working man. Two days' pay. Think about that. For whatever you get paid. Now, when a month before the Passover came, all these booths around Israel started to be set up, right? And this is a place where you could go in and do what? You can change money. You can get, you can get the, the you can get the shekel. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I need to change money. I need to change, cause not all of it was, was in, in shekels. All, there was just different kind of money, but we had to come in. And it's kind of like our exchange rate if we were going to a foreign country that didn't accept American money. Now, most of them all accept American money, but you can go to Israel and you can change American money and you, the exchange rate for, for, you know what, the Jewish money, the shekels and all of that things. Well, the problem was, guys, is that the closer it got to, like today, guess what was happening? There were booths inside the temple that would actually overcharge the exchange rate. And so instead of going, oh, okay, well, here's the exchange rate. It's a uh, an American dollar, and you get six shekels or whatever it might be. Whatever you, you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, it would be more like, okay, so for six shekels, you owe me $15. And you had to do it because guess what? You had to pay the temple tax. You go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And they went to there. The second was the seller of animals, right? Almost every visit to the temple involved a sacrifice. And victims could be brought outside to a very, you know, basically the sacrifice could be um, brought outside at a very reasonable price. Okay, how much for this? But the temple authorities appointed inspectors for each sacrifice. It had to be without a spot or blemish. And it was therefore far safer for the sacrifice from the booths that were officially set up in the temple. So you could buy one, Genevieve, outside, 
and and you could walk in and the inspector go, no, 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 it's got a blemish, sorry. How about better that you go over here where they're selling it here and, and you can do this? Well, guess what? If you did that in the temple, the prices were higher. And it was one of those things. It was like, look, here's, here's your sacrifice, however it is. And it's, wor- it's a lot more, but you're not going to have to worry. It's going to be good before God. There's not a blemish on it. We've already inspected it. And so Jesus comes in and goes, guys, you guys are ripping people off. You're ripping people off. And what does he do? He cleanses the temple. He lets he turns over the money changers table and says, "Get that out of here." He lets that, and so you go, "Wow, that's what happened on Monday." I am pretty sure that a lot of the people that were there on Monday that saw all of this were the same crowd yelling, "Crucify him!" And just a few days later, because they're wondering, "This guy's crazy. He's nuts. Look what he's doing." But again, think about what he did. Think about what he did. Now, by way of application, because we're family. Are when you gave your life to the Lord, you are now the temple of the living God. You understand that, okay? We have no more temple where we worship in Jerusalem. There's not a temple there. Why? Because the temple is every one of us that has Jesus living in him. Can I get an amen? Okay? The problem is, sometimes my temple's dirty. I've allowed idols to come in. I've allowed bitterness to come in. I've allowed some money changers to, you guys know what I'm talking about. We've allowed some things in our temple. And I think a great application for us tonight, guys, would take a moment and uh, let's clean up our temple a little bit. You go, well, what do you mean? Well, part of that, guys, right now is to ask the Lord. Take a moment right now in your heart and say, Lord, what's going on with me? What's in my heart? Have I been walking in the flesh a lot? Have I been, have I been, have I had a bad attitude? Have I been looking at something that I shouldn't be looking at via the internet? Have I been, have I been flirting with the world? Have I been a poor witness to you, Lord? Have I not confessed? Do I have unforgiveness in my heart? Am I expecting this temple? Am I expecting people to be perfect? You go, well, what do we do? Well, guys, since we're family, this is a great time that we're going to to confess. And repent of it. But we've got to ask the Lord, search our hearts. Search our hearts. Lord, help me to tune into you. We're going to take a moment. We're going to take a moment right now. Lord Jesus, because this night is different, and you cleansed the temple on Monday, Lord, what's, what's going on with us? Are we, are we allowing sin into our lives? Lord, are we thinking that we have a, a special in with you that, that we're not going to get busted or, or that, Lord, this, this sin doesn't matter even though your word says, Lord? 
Father, if you'll show us, we'll confess it to you right now. Father, we don't have to raise hands and say, okay, how many of you? But Lord, we want to we wanna do that, Lord. We want to... We want to take Monday and cleanse the temple. Lord, forgive us. We need to sit at your feet tonight, Lord, and, and, and just hear from you. We, we really need this night. We really need this night. I want to give you guys just an opportunity, wherever you are right now, just if you just need to pray out loud, Wherever you are right now, it's it's between you and the Lord. Lord, look deep in our hearts, Lord. Look deep in our hearts. God is speaking. God is speaking to some of you right now. He's asking you to, to, to confess that to him, to repent. Some of you watching online, God is speaking to you right now. So on Holy Week, the triumphal entry, we saw that. Crowds cheered Jesus. Whips. Monday, Jesus cleans the temple. Now let's go on to Tuesday. Jesus goes to the Mount of Olives, but not before one final teaching in the temple. Go ahead and say goodbye there and just turn over real quick over to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. So you can just um, go along with us. You can kind of see Mark chapter 14. We're going to read 1 through 11. But this is Jesus in the temple. Notice what it says with me, guys. Mark 14, 1 through 11. through eleven. It says, now after two days, it was the Passover. So we have two days and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And the chief priest and the scribes sought how they might, right, how they might take him by trickery and put him to death. Now, let's stop right there for just a moment. What did Jesus do? I mean, he's healing the sick. He's training his disciples. What did Jesus do? And yet, look, they're going, this guy needs to die. Can I tell you one more one thing, guys? The same people today are saying the same thing. I read, I read a post a while back that had a, 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 a guy with a picture like this that said, if Jesus came back to earth, we'll kill him again. And, and here they are, by trickery. But they said, well, let's not do it during the feast. Why, guys? Because there'll be an uproar with the people. And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, he sat at the table. And a woman having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard 
She broke the flax and poured it on his head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, and whenever you wish, you may do do them good. But me, you do not always have. She has done what she could, and she has come before to anoint my body for what? For burial. For burial. Assuredly, I say to you, whenever this gospel is preached, the whole world, what this woman has done will also be mentioned to her. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priest to betray him. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised him money. So he sought how he might conveniently betray him. Now let's go back for just a little bit, okay? Because two things are happening right here. Number one, she's anointing Jesus' feet for burial. And people are upset. But you know what I want you to see? I want you to grasp this. Now Now Judas is, is already making his way to the chief priest. There's two, there's two stories that are popping out at us, guys, and something we need to look deep in our heart, okay? Number one, let's talk about Judas. Judas Iscariot was with Jesus for three years, saw miracles, saw everything, and he didn't believe. How do you know he didn't believe? Because he actually went to betray him. When you're betraying somebody, you don't believe who they say they are. You actually think he's a fraud, Some of the miracles, he might be a prophet, I don't know, but he's not the Messiah. And I wonder how many people in the church today don't have a relationship with Jesus. And we've grown up in Christianity, we know all about that, but we've never said yes to him in a real and intimate and wonderful way. The rest of the disciples were willing to die, and you know they die after the resurrection. But right now, Judas is like, you guys tracking with me? But I want you to think about the lady. I want you to think about the woman with, 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 the, with the, the, the flask. An alabaster flask. Do you know what she gave? She gave it all. So I guess the question to us tonight is, we're family, right? Amen. What are we holding back from Jesus? What are we not giving him? She gave it all. She gave it all. She didn't say, well, I'm going to put a few drops because I still need to save some. And I, and I think God wants us to be extravagant in our worship to him. Give it all. Give it all. There's not nothing else in this world that we should worship, but we should worship the Lord. Now, the devil's going to come in and rob you of your joy. He's going to come in and try to take your, the, what little happiness you have. He's going to cry. He's going to try to create doubt in your mind. He's going to try to create chaos in your mind. He's going to try to create all of these stuff, but you've got to stay focused. Okay, Lord, am I giving you all? Am I giving you all of my heart? Am I giving you all of my life? Is everything. So I guess, what are we holding back, church? What are we holding back for the glory of the for for the glory of our lives versus the glory of the Lord? 
I love the lady because she, she shows what a great example. She just broke it, and she poured it on him. Everybody's mad because they said they could have sold it for 300 denarii. We could have, you know what, we could have given, we could have fed. And it's like, no, you understand. This is where this lady's heart was. It belonged to Jesus. I love that Jesus looks with favor on this anonymous woman and this anointing. She's not a priest nor an authorized prophet, yet she anoints the head of Jesus with valuable oil. Can you imagine? On Jesus. Just the oil. You know that everywhere he went from that point on, he smelled like that, don't you know? And when he entered a room, oh, what a sweet-smelling fragrance. I love the fact, guys, that when we pray, that that's what the Lord smells. He smells that fragrant of prayer. Do you understand that prayer, when you pray, you actually believe in God? Okay? You believe, because you're praying. And if you don't believe, who are you praying to? Well, I'm praying so I can hear my voice. No, you're praying because you really believe. And you believe he'll answer it. She gave everything. Jesus declares that her actions are a beautiful thing because, why? He, she prepared his body for burial. She didn't hold anything back in her commitment to glorify the Lord. I don't want, to hold, I don't want us to hold anything back tonight. I don't want to hold anything back. I want you to think about a second. When she anointed when she anointed Jesus, in just a couple of days he was going to be dead. I think I might have got on to her, Cherie, I think I might have got on to her for doing No, he's not gonna die. No, I this is my Messiah. I've started following him. No. What are you doing? Sometimes, guys, when we don't understand the big picture, we get caught up in, 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 in the here and now, and we miss. What do we miss? We miss the fact, guys, that, that we're going to rule and reign with Christ. But we're not selfish, are we? Because, because we need to take people with us. We need to tell people about Jesus. If you're in tune, Christian, if you're in tune to what's going on in the world and you're in tune to the pandemic and you're in tune to all of the stuff that's happening and you're in tune to wars and rumors of wars, it's a very exciting time. And when I say exciting, I'm thinking Melanie Melanie was doing some work here at the church earlier and I was looking outside and I was thinking, we could go right now. That's how we could go right now. We could go right now here. It's exciting. Let our lives reflect that. How so? We have to go, we have to go after the lost. I told a friend of mine today, good friend of mine, that's not a believer. I told him today that, um, if ever I don't show up and the world's gone crazy, I told him don't take the mark. 
Yeah, well, you know, he's, he, he gives me a hard time. But I don't know if you saw what Talia posted. Talia posted that here now we're, they're, they're already starting to implement the mark, a chip. It, it, guys, it's happening. It's happening. How are, how are we going to respond? Are we going to glorify? Are we going to give it all? She, did abuse. She, she didn't hold anything back in her commitment to the Lord. And that's my prayer for you tonight, that you hold nothing back in your commitment to the Lord. You guys here can feel the Holy Spirit tonight. You can feel the Holy Spirit moving. So Wednesday, where do we go to Wednesday? Wednesday for the Lord today was a day of rest. It was a day of rest. Okay? It was a day of rest. Matthew 26, you can turn there. Matthew 26 or 26 through 30. And uh, this is what the Lord does. Notice what he says. Matthew 26, 26 says, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, Take this. Take, eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup and he gave thanks. And he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood, the new covenant, which is shed for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit from the vine from now on until they drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. And when he had sung a hymn, they went to the Mount of Olives. Tonight we're going to partake in communion. It's the very last thing we're going to do. But this is the one thing that Jesus did. He found rest in Bethany with his friends. He found rest. And we too have rest, guys, in who Christ is. So your quest, my question is, guys, search your heart for just a moment. Are you striving tonight? Are you fighting? Is, are you uneasy? Are you not resting? And I don't mean you didn't get any sleep last night, okay? I know we all, some of us have insomnia and we're up till two in the morning. I'm talking, are you, are you, at, are you at peace in your spirit? You go, I, I'm not sure. Well, we want to pray for you then. We just want to pray for you because we want you to know that no matter what, man, when that trumpet sounds, you're going home. You're going home. Rest. And then we move to Thursday. This is tomorrow. This is known as Maudie Thursday. Okay? Maudie Thursday. I want to take you back on Thursday. Now, now listen. Friday, you guys know this. You have the trial. And, I mean, I've done in-depth study on the trial and how it was bogus. It was a bogus trial. But there's a couple of things at Friday, and I know this impacted my wife. I don't know if you guys remember. They took Jesus at Caiaphas' house up up some stairs when they arrested him, okay? And they threw him into a pit. And you can go to Israel today, and the pit is this big, and it's dark down there. Now now they have steps, and, and you can look at stuff. And you can have Bible study down there. But you can look up, and you can see the hole that they threw Jesus in. Wow. It's very powerful. Very powerful. And, and so we, we said, well, there it was. There, he's the trial. The, they waited for him in trial. And, and then they, guys, they pulled him out of the pit. Almost a symbol of his resurrection. They pulled him out of the pit. And, of course, they 
They led him to the cross. But do you realize that before the cross, they took our Jesus and they literally stripped him, took a cat of nine tails made out of bone and glass and metal objects, and they ripped it across his flesh. They, they did it 39 times. But that was for us. That was our penalty. He who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness. He made that sacrifice. And of course, you guys know the rest. Friday from 12 to 3, he was on the cross. That's why we want to we want to spend that that time on Friday just remembering when I was growing up um I grew up in a catholic home I don't know if you guys did some of you may have on Friday on good friday my dad made sure that I could not play go out and play or do anything from 12 to 3 and it was a weird thing because, I mean, you're used to playing, you're not in school or whatever, and so we had to just, we kind of just sat there, couldn't turn on the TV, couldn't do it. Do you remember that? Did you do that too? Yeah. So we would, we would, we're just kids and we're like 12 to 3. I mean, you watched, you know, as soon as 3 came, you're out the door playing. I mean, it's, didn't understand the significance of that. And so on Saturday, Jesus rests in the tomb. You guys know the story. And of course, Sunday, we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate, but let me take you back because this is this is where I want to I want to end our study tonight. Look at John thirteen. Go to John thirteen. Just keep moving to the right. John thirteen one through thirteen. Okay. You guys know the story. It says now before the peace the before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, that he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put it in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had, had given him all things into his hands and that he had come from the Father and was going to the Father, what did he do, guys? Verse 4, he rose from, from the supper, he laid aside his garments, he took a towel, girded himself, and after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel which he was girded. Then Simon Peter, then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? This evening when I mentioned that we were going to do some foot washing, a lot of you had that same question. They're not washing my feet. Lord, are you washing my feet? Well, first of all, I'm not the Lord. But this is Peter. Peter had that same thing. Now, you understand, okay, there's two, two dynamics happening here. Number one, they wore sandals and their feet were dirty. Well, we don't wear sandals, but they're stuck in a smelly shoe all day long. So we got the same dynamic going on. And he poured water again, and, and Peter says, are you washing my feet? Like, no, you're not going to do this. And Jesus answered him, look what he says, guys. What I'm doing, you don't understand now, but you will after this. And Peter said, what did he say? Help me, church. You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, he says, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. And Simon Peter repented. 
And he said to him, Lord, not my feet, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, He who has bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knows, for he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean. So when he had washed his feet, notice, taken his garments, and he sat down, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? He says, you call me teacher and Lord, for you say, well, for so I am. Now, can you imagine? Here is God in the flesh. He takes the towel and he begins to wash the feet. This is happening tomorrow. Part of tonight is called an afterglow. And it's just waiting and reflecting on the Lord. It's that contemplation and remembering what Jesus had done for us. I'm not trying to motivate you to be better Christians. I just want us to remember what our king did. And let us be reminded tonight of our service to the Lord. In response to this powerful example, Jesus gave his followers a new commandment. What did he get? What did he say? He says, love one another and show others that you love them by serving them in the same manner Jesus did. When I read that, that's what jumped out at me. So as your pastor, I want to extend what Jesus did for us tonight. I want to humble myself. And here's the commandment I want Calvary Chapel Lubbock to go with. Guys, that we love one another and that we serve one another. That's really what it's all about. So here's what we're going to do. Guys, this is a sacred and holy moment. But I can't serve you guys. I can't serve you well until I first serve my wife. So I'm going to ask her to come so that I can wash her feet. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.